Well, Glenjamin, my dear boy, it's not a matter of whether or not we do give spoilers, but it's a matter of warning the people ahead of time, just so they are warned. The following podcast contains spoilers for The Lady Killers 1955. You have been warned. Well, I indubitably say, my boy, that it, it just so happens to be that we will both be reviewing such a film, and uh, conducting so shall be Glenjamin Button of the uh, Pennsylvanian Affairs, and uh, your other host, uh, Miguel Magusto. From I should have gone with the Tom Hanks Southern Lady Killers mint julep accent. Because I'm slightly better at that, but still pretty bad at that. <laughs> You're very heavy on the accent. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at accents. I believe that we've been clear about that. We have been always clear about that. 100%. Southern accents is the closest accent I have to have being a good accent, mm-hmm. except for accents I am not allowed to do because I am white. True. And those are things that I realized that I could do before... I was smart enough to realize I shouldn't do them. Exactly. So, <laughs> how you doing? I'm not bad, my man. I, uh, I'm celebrating Father's Day by not hanging out with my father. I celebrated, however, by uh, shaving into a mustache. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. All I have to, I'm waiting for my uh, okay. my Nikes to come in or my. The, you, you, need, you need your. Uh, your uh, my Reeboks. Your new That's balances. What they are. Yeah, new my balances. new balances. Uh, you, you need uh, high, high white socks. Mm hmm. And don't forget uh, about the jorts. The jorts with a brown leather belt mm-hmm. and a blue, pink, or red uh, polo tucked into tucked the jorts. In. Can't forget. That's get what a you need. strap on. Or That's I can get the need. Crocs. And the polo is one size too small. Absolutely. There you go. So that the, is the, that is the dad go. look. I should know because I am now a father. Mm-hmm. I uh, saw you wearing it the other day. It I good. will I will never wear that. You don't <laughs> spread those rumors about me, Clenjamin. <laughs> I, I apologize. It's all right. Uh, you see any good movies this week? I saw one with you for sure. I know you that did. much. You did, yeah. Uh, we, uh, we went to the Colonial Theater and rewatched the movie The Fountain from Darren Aronofsky. Yes, uh, and you made movie. us get stuck there. Yeah, I wholeheartedly apologize for yeah. that and both of our brains. Um, <laughs> it is the movie that inspired my tattoo on my left arm, as bad as it is. It's supposed to be on purpose. Um, and, you know, overall, such, such a good movie. It really is good. That was your first oh. time seeing it in theaters, right? Mm-hmm. Because and I was only, uh, I was only 13 when it came out, and yeah. this was not my type of film when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> came out i saw it when it was in theaters in 2006 it was Mm -hmm. like the first movie that i saw where like you know before that i was all about like what the big movie was the chronicles of narnia the marvels the saws all that then i watched that movie and i was just like oh this is a thing and it intrigues movies can be different fun Ooh, i like this um but yeah, and then and then because you didn't want to be rude, we got stuck listening to a presentation about aging. Yeah, uh, because because uh, what they did was that instead of like letting like thirty seconds to a minute of credits go by before anybody got up, nope. they they just immediately jumped into the presentation. And I didn't want us to immediately be the first. muted that shit and. Yep. I had to leave my baby son at home alone mm. with mm-hmm. his mom, who's very capable of taking care of him, probably yep. more capable than me of taking care of them. At least the windows were down for both of them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yes. we got stuck there. But other than that, I've just seen, uh, 
I did watch the uh, the uh, the remake of the Lady Killers from the Coen Brothers. Cool, cool. Um, and then of course Lady Killers. But I'll let you get into the the family tree that you are about to have. Oh <laughs> boy! So because you mentioned rewatching the Coen Brothers one, mm-hmm. uh, the Coen Brothers Lady Killers, uh, I decided you'll find out in a minute. I watched a total of twenty four movies. Uh, Three of which were first watches, 21 of which were rewatches. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was I rewatched Bo Burnham Inside the last time, uh, the night we recorded our last podcast episode. Still great. Still love it. It's a great, great uh, comedy special. Absolutely. Then on Monday morning, I was thinking about when I'm going to be able to watch uh, the remake of Lady Killers. And I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to make a video where I rank all the Coen Brothers movies. So I'm going to rewatch them in chronological order. <laughs> so I did exactly that. Uh, Monday, I watched Blood Simple, Raising Arizona, and Miller's Crossing. Uh, Tuesday, I watched Barton Fink, The Hudsucker Proxy, and Fargo. Wednesday, I watched The Big Lebowski, O Brother Where Art Thou, The Man Who Wasn't There. Thursday, I watched Intolerable Cruelty, The Lady Killers, and No Country for Old Men. Uh, then, you know, after that, I, we I went and watched The Fountain with you. Uh, then on Friday, I watched, this was the big day, because I wanted to get it done before we recorded this, Burn After Reading, A Serious Man, True Grit, Inside Lewin Davis, Hail Caesar, and The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. All six of those on Friday. Uh... <laughs> It was a day. It, it no, was a day. It does sound like a day and night. <laughs> and night, yeah. Yeah, you uh, went for it. So yeah, I watch all I don't I don't know when I'll be able to find time to make that video, but I have ranked them and I will be making a video ranking them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you already want to see what I rank them, you can just check out my letterbox. Uh, then on Saturday, I went to the theaters because it was uh, when we celebrated Father's Day, and I'm the my wife asked me, "What do you want to do for your first Father's Day?" I said, "I want to be by myself." <laughs> understandable i'm gonna be that kind of dad that's just like get away from me it's a father's day i don't want to spend mm-hmm. time with you yeah um, mine mine went to the beach so yeah my, right. my kids are gonna appreciate that when they're older oh so. absolutely uh, my kid i don't have more than one but you know in the future if we do have more mm-hmm. than one unless but, you're uh, the future mike now yeah <laughs> i'm not uh <laughs> so so i watched uh edgar wright's new documentary film the sparks brothers which is about the band sparks uh, and just kind of breaking down how they're like such an influential band, but no one really knows about them, but also everyone knows about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guarantee you've heard at least one song from them. Um, cause I have as well. Was, uh, <laughs> uh, but other than that one song, I didn't know anything about them. The only reason I went and saw this was because of Edgar Wright. Yeah. And it's a really good documentary. It does a good job of kind of getting you up to speed with who they are as a band before kind of going into things. And it's kind of just a chronological breakdown of their careers. Okay. Uh, really straightforward, but not too, not like overly emotional or anything like some documentaries tend to do, especially about uh, entertainment business. Yeah. Uh, so it's a really good documentary. I highly suggest it. I'm a, I'm a, you know, even though not all of their music is really my thing, I'm a fan of them because their whole thing was they refused to bend to what studios wanted. That's good. Uh, whether or not it hurt their careers, you know, didn't really matter to them. They just wanted to make what they wanted to make, and I commend them for that. A little independence um, is nice. Yes, exactly. Uh, and they're also really famous and popular, so it worked out even though they had rough patches at some point. Yeah. Uh, then I watched, uh, I rewatched Godzilla vs. Kong because it was Father's Day, and I was like, why not? <laughs> 
So I rewatched that. You know, we have a video on that. You can see my thoughts. My thoughts are exactly the same. Uh, yeah. So and then I watched the Lady Killers, um, which we'll get to in a minute. Then I watched Bong Joon Ho's directorial debut, which was going to like if you selected you wanted to watch a movie with subtitles, this was going to be our film that we were going to watch. Barking Dogs Never Bite. Uh, yeah, it's a really good film. Bong Joon Ho's first film. And did they ever you, bite? I'm assuming they didn't. Well, we, we if, there, there's a lot of dog death in it. So oh, that's all. Oh, I'm sure you were not happy with that. <laughs> I was not happy, but it was also kind of done in like a dark comedic way. Yeah. Uh, and also never a way that like made it okay, if that makes sense. What mm-hmm. I don't like is when dogs die in movies and it's inconsequential. Yeah. The whole plot of the movie is dogs are dying. Uh, so, you know. If it's the plot, I'm okay with it. If it's just, you know, like in horror movies. Just to kill off a dog. Oh, the dog's dead, so you know shit's about to get real. Like, no. Like, make it fucking matter, not just... Make make it alive. Yeah. How about that? (laughs) Yeah. Make it alive. Make it alive. (laughs) Make it warn of the ghosts that are coming. Uh, Legitimately, the only thing I hated about The Conjuring was that the dog just up and died without any reason or any mourning or anything. Mm -hmm. It was just the dog was there, and then the next day it wasn't. And then that's very... uh, that's bad filmmaking. Even if that's how it happened, that's bad filmmaking in my Absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. One of the only flaws in the Conjuring movie. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> you know, 24 movies, that's all I really watch. Yeah, um, just nothing to sniff at. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I will be making that uh, Coen Brothers ranking uh, video at some point. I just need to find time, which mm-hmm. is increasingly difficult to do with a, a child. So Absolutely. You know, Understandable. It's as if that's never happened to anyone on this planet before. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's... Uh, do you have any news? I really don't have anything, honestly. Me neither. Not much happened this week. Me neither. I mean, you told me that uh, Wesley Snipes is going to be possibly... Actually, yeah, that's a lie. I totally forgot about that. God, I hate the, the, the movie news like websites are so saturated in dc stuff but like oh yeah uh yeah we donnie yen was confirmed uh wesley snipes might be uh joining and uh haruki sonata is actually uh i I think confirmed as well yeah Uh, wesley snipes i think is the only one not confirmed so far so that's uh, really dope i'm really excited for the john wick series definitely uh, because i love him and more of all those all-star guys as long as it doesn't turn out like uh the expendables or anything like that um yeah and I'm okay the expendables went a little too overboard yeah with it and I, th- I think they have a nice balance right now with the john wick series but mm-hmm. we'll see uh you know they're probably gonna bleed that thing dry to the point where you and i stop getting excited for it which you know it's fine yep until uh, that day comes though yeah until it uh, comes. i'm loving it yeah they're they're very well made and they're not they're not you know over the top, yeah. crazy, stupid. So I'm still aboard. But yeah. other than that, I, I really don't have anything at all. Nor do I. So let's get into the Lady Killers. creators of the fabulous Lavender Hill mob now joyfully embark upon the crest of yet another crime wave. Using this sweetly innocent old lady as a bewildered, unsuspecting decoy, the hilariously infamous Alec Guinness prepares a masterstroke of villainy that only he could conjure up and carry through with such demoniacal glee. 
No plot was ever hatched with such satanic cunning as Guinness and his genial group of merry minstrels hit every high note in this delightfully different entertainment. True artists, every one of them. The Lady Killers, five oddball criminals planning a bank robbery rent rooms on a cul-de-sac from an octogenarian widow under the pretext that they are classical musicians. Uh, one thing I did forget to mention, I started watching Mayor of Easttown. I didn't say it because I haven't finished it, and I just noticed that listening, even though we're from the area, my accent just got thicker reading that because I've been <laughs> watching Mayor of Easttown. Widow. Widow. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, Lady Killers, yeah, that's the synopsis. Directed by Alexander McKendrick, written by William Rose, starring Alec Guinness, Guinness, Alec Guinness Cecil Parker, Herbert Lom, Peter Sellers, Danny Green, Jack Warner, Katie Johnson. Well, I know someone named Katie Johnson, but it's oh. not this Katie Johnson. Uh, and I yeah. she's famous. Yeah, she's famous and probably dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, why do Sorry, I always... Katie. Two, yeah, two Sorry years to break this. it to you. So the reason this was one of my picks for Glenn to pick last week is because uh, I, I think I've already said it. I watched 18 of their films in five days. I'm a huge Coen Brothers fan. I think their remake of this film, The Lady Killers with Tom Hanks, is criminally underrated. Very much uh, so. And I watched this hoping I would see why it is so critically reviled. Uh, you know, thing, although, you know, critics love to compare remakes to the originals. Mm-hmm. But I got to say, the remake's better. It, it is very much better in and my opinion. And that's not to say that this is bad. This is this is no. still a good movie. It's a fun movie. I think it also helps that uh, to to us it it's more relatable, you know. Yes, I mean, it's sure, sure American we're, we're ver- two, two English. white guys, but you know, uh it's more relatable cuz we we know all of those characters in the new one. We yeah. like we we understand like they're like each one of their backgrounds we get like each backstory we get more in the mm-hmm. remake. Um, it's just re- a lot more relatable and funnier, in my opinion. But again, it's had what forty over forty years, fifty years of uh, tuning to to develop yeah, all that. Just just shy of fifty years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, two thousand four. So yeah, forty nine years to to tune it. Um, and uh, it's just I I feel like the pacing and the jokes are just better in the remake. Yes, it might not be as dry and witty, but there wasn't enough here in this one for me to be like, oh yeah, that's that's really witty. It was just kind of like 50s humor or just like yeah. slapstick in some parts and then the rest of it was a little, I don't want to say boring, just very dry. And I, I usually like dry humor, but you know. Yeah. Well, the, there think, has to be humor. For it. I think the the biggest thing to me that blew my mind is that Peter Sellers in this and is in this, and I didn't like barely even notice him. Like, oh uh, yeah, that's that's how like probably the funniest person in this movie was barely even noticed, and I think that was like the biggest uh, noticeable thing about this whole thing. Yeah. It was like I, he definitely could have shined a yeah, lot more in he, this movie. And he had the, the the weirdest thing was that he had the second straightest character out of the five criminals mm-hmm. uh obviously you have alec guinness the one thing i did appreciate is that you could see where each character was with uh the the 2005 one like obviously alec guinness was 
uh, Tom Hanks's character. Yeah. Um, then you have uh, hold on one second. Let me just pull up. Then you have um, uh, Cecil Parker, who played Major Courtney, was obviously the uh, the the um, he he could have either been the Garth Pancake character played by J.K. Simmons. Or the uh, the general character played by Tsima. I saw a little bit of both of hit, hit them in that. Um, mm-hmm. Mainly the general, but you know the general is also kind of mixed with the uh, the Lewis Mister Harvey character played by Herbert Lom. Uh, obviously, Danny Green, who played one round, was the Ryan Hurst character, Lump Hunt Hudson, who was the dumb football player yeah. in the remake. So there's these correlations about it. Um, and then, you know, the the odd man out, and that's mainly just because he was such a unique character, was Marlon Wayans as Gawain McSam in the remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't really have one that is strictly him. Maybe the uh, Harvey character a little bit. Just because of the, like he's the aggressive one, yeah, he was um, more the the inside man in the remake, and they didn't really have yeah. an inside man in the old one. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, Marlon Wayans is just so funny in in mm-hmm. the remake. Um, so it's kind of it, it's it's just it's it, that was cool to see like the the three main comparisons, and then you see a little bit of of each one, uh, but it's. The the remake is just I don't like comparing remakes to the originals, but like I was really expecting this to be amazing because yeah. of how many people hate the remake, critically at least. It's got a six point two on IMDB, which isn't terrible. Uh but it's got a it's got a fifty six Metacritic score, which is not great, and I think is even lower on Rotten Tomatoes. I think for for its time, like for both movies, and it's again, you don't want to compare them too much, but like yeah. for its time, they both both had all pretty all star casts. Like I'm not gonna lie, I haven't heard of most of those other people, but you know, I don't watch old movies that often. So mm-hmm. other than Peter Sellers and Alec Guinness, I don't know too many of those other people. I um, knew uh, not by name, but I have definitely seen Danny Green and other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, he was like, a, it was a hey, it's that guy kind of thing for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, I mean, both both had a great cast. Uh, I, th- I think the thing with the original is that I felt I felt like really anxious most of the time because there was just so much going on. There was so many people talking over each other and just yeah. bird noises and just like so much going on that it was hard to keep attached to it. Where the other one flowed so much better, the characters were more developed, everything like that. It was just like the contrast of times, like. Uh, Maybe I don't know. I don't know how. No, you're right. Like yeah. back then, uh, it was maybe 40 years after like the commercialization of film, mm-hmm. and then like 20 years after it really got popular in the 30s <clears throat> is when it started getting like it started blowing up. Like uh, a seven. Like if this came out in the 70s, this probably would have been fantastic. Oh yeah, um, it, it, it's just the especially with editing because they had to do you know cut and uh, splice and cut and splice editing mm. back then. Uh, editing was harder to make things flow, um, but you know the Coen brothers are just such masters, and I, I it's hard for me to talk about this. You movie don't want to keep comparing it. But yeah, you, what's what we've got is that comparison. Yeah, <laughs> uh, th- this I will say is definitely more nefarious. Yeah. than the Coen Brothers one, where the Coen Brothers one is obviously a comedy, 
uh, other than a few jokes, this one could just be like a, a action crime thriller in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a few things like all of them getting in the phone booth when they think something's <laughs> going wrong. Yeah, uh, there, there is um, one round falling through the chair and getting stuck in the chair. Uh, there, there's definitely like a few slapstick moments like that, but overall, like the the characters. I mean, again, not to compare, J.K. Simmons' character in the remake is is Garth Pancake. Yeah. Like, the name <laughs> itself is a joke. It's, and his girlfriend is Mountain Girl. Yeah, Mount, you know, Mountain Flower or something like Mountain that. Mountain Girl. Ma- no, yeah, it is Mountain Girl. You're right. Uh, so it's... it's they The Coen brothers did what you should do in a remake, is take what worked in the original mm-hmm. and then make it better. And I think that's what they did. And I... I uh, but with this one, you know, if this wasn't a comedy... I think this would have worked better as just a straight thriller than it, it would have as a comedy. I think so um, too. But they, you know, they even had like the the kind of slapstick sound effects, like when they would get hit in the head, it would just be like boing, mm-hmm. uh, and just stuff from like the fifties. Some Three Stooges stuff going. <laughs> exactly, and and it 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 was too few and far between for it to be a real consistent tone throughout. I liked the nefariousness of it. And I kind of wished that it had focused on that instead of trying to make it more humorous. Cause the humor didn't always work in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I, I mean, I think so too, for sure. I, uh, yeah, I, I just don't know. It's, it was so hard. Cause I did watch the, uh, the remake lady killers first. So again, it's hard to co- compare or not compare, but you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. This is also, I didn't know there was an original for a long time until I, I don't even know how many years ago. So like that was, that one was my, always like my pride and joy. Like I loved that movie. Yeah. This one, you're, you're right. Like there is like, there is that nefarious factor that could have worked so much more if they just kept on that. Uh, maybe not like a totally dark crime, but I mean, I think they tried too much with a little bit of the slapstick for sure. And like, yeah. you know, it didn't just work out most of the time, which kind of hurt. Uh, again, with like the editing for me is like, that's really what set this one apart for me. And I didn't really want to watch it most of the time. Cause I'm like, there's too much going on in my head. My ears can't take this right now. Yeah. But other than that, the, the plot, I, it was a great plot. The people were great. I wish Peter Sellers had a little bit more like freedom to do stuff. Like, mm-hmm. he, I mean, I, he probably didn't have that freedom that he had in Doctor Strange Love or anything. But, yeah, uh, I, I I wonder where he was in his because I mean he's even a little chubbier in this, so I think mm-hmm. he might have been relatively new. Um, I will say I didn't even notice that was really Alec Guinness for the longest time. Oh yeah, I, I thought the longest time he was Nosferatu. I was like, <laughs> that dude looks exactly like Nosferatu, and it's freaking me out. Except for with the and that's have that's the... what made it even more nefarious. This guy's gonna suck this old lady's blood. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I think Alec Guinness. Uh, you you can definitely see between his character and Tom Hanks's character where the 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 inspiration comes from with the teeth mm-hmm. and and kind of the poshness in comparison to the rest of his group um and that that translates over well with Tom Hanks's character uh, i feel his character could have done more to be humorous i feel like he was too straight-laced yeah uh whereas the Tom Hanks character is played straight but the things he says and does are just so fucking bananas <laughs> yeah. that it becomes satirical unto himself 
Um, and and really, the main humorous character in this is one round because of how dumb he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and w- I mean, we, we won't call him dumb because he'll kill you if you call him dumb. Absolutely. Um, but it, it, it's it, he, he. I was surprised that he had a lot of the comedic moments, and then everyone else was more or less straight, with a few bits in between. But it, it's. I I think it's just a movie that. Is a great concept. It had enough where I can see before the Cohen brothers won mm-hmm. how people enjoyed it. But it's, I'm just baffled that the Cohen brothers one is not as popular. Yeah, it, it got pooped on a lot. It got yeah. pooped on a lot when maybe maybe for the time it came out. I'm not too sure. It's the the funny thing is I think the reason people didn't like the Cohen brother sorry the yeah the Cohen brothers remake version is because the darkness of that comedy was well before its time mm-hmm. uh, like people were not as cynical back then as they are now so people would lo- like I think people would love that movie now mm-hmm. um, and you know it, it's it's just it, it does such a great job of building the world uh, another thing is that the the building of the distrust of the police officers towards the old lady was done so much better than Coen Brothers one. Like in in the uh, uh, the original, it's not so much that she seems like a nuisance. It just seems like they don't be- like believe her. Yeah. Whereas in the Coen Brothers one, she's uh, she's a a nuisance on top of being unbelievable. So it it has more effect and more you know understanding of when they're just like oh yeah you keep the money now you go ahead and, and do so that. so in in the original when they say you keep the money you're you're just like what why what did she give you she acted suspicious last night why wouldn't you trust her now yeah she like, was is, yeah she wasn't as like senile in the old and the in the old one is the new one yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, it kind of just flipped overnight that they were like, "Oh no, you're you're kind of kooky." Yeah, kind of kooky, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I did, I did really appreciate this overall. I think it, it was a, a cool concept. The uh, ending with the uh, you know all the dumpings of the bodies on the train, besides the sound effect, I thought was really impressive. But again, more nefarious than comedic. I feel like this would have been better if this was just a straight thriller, and then it'd be more understandable if the Coen brothers took that and then added their dark comedic twist to it, mm-hmm. why people didn't like it. But because this was supposed to be a comedy, and then the Coen brothers made a better comedy. It's almost like maybe these people are just jealous that the Coen brothers <laughs> made something good. I think so too. Yeah. In fact, I'm jealous. How dare they? I'm jealous every time I see a Coen brothers movie. I'm just like, why am I not you? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, th- I think I'm, I'm good as far as, you know, saying. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'll say, I love the setting. I love the house. I love the fact that the house is like decrepit because of the bombing from world war two. Yeah. Uh, and, and that just hasn't been fixed. Uh, I think it, the setting is is by far the best part of the film. Uh, and then the characters are, are still pretty good. It's, it's, it's a decent film. It just doesn't play like a comedy as much as I was hoping it would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, ready for some judgment. <laughs> ready for some judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, 
honestly, it's it's hard for me to judge this one if, if it becomes a shelf boy or not with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Uh, I, I liked it. I really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. And maybe I want to do this because I like the Coen brothers so much more, but I would rather put the Coen brothers Lady Killers on the shelf than well, this one. You're, um, you're kind of taking the words out of my mouth. Yeah. I think the best way for us to handle this, Glenn, mm-hmm. we should respect Rock, where, paper, scissors. Oh. No, respect where the original came from and put both on the shelf. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. I'm glad As, this movie existed to to the point where we could have gotten the, or did, obviously. Yes. Um, did get the, the Coen Brothers Lady Lady Killers. Um, it, it is, it is a good movie for overall. I, I don't mean to shit bag spoiled. on it the whole time. We've been spoiled. We is have what been it is. spoiled. We always are when Coen brothers decide to do something. For real. Like, I, I kind of feel bad that I didn't see this first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think both films are deserving. There is enough good in here. And obviously the main structure of the story is the main structure of the remake. Uh, so I, I think the only fair thing to do is to put both lady killers on the shelf. Yeah, little DVD combo pack. <laughs> little DVD combo pack. So unprecedented. First time we have put a non-existent uh, episode film with the remake of the Lady Killers. Yeah. Even though this might as well be one. Just rename it the Lady Killers and the Lady Killers. <laughs> uh, so both the Lady Killers 1955 and the Lady Killers 2004, directed by our Lord and Saviors Joel and Ethan Cohen. Uh, they both make it onto the shelf. That was a super thick Delco both yeah, right that, there. That, that hurt a little bit. Oh, my goodness. That. Mayor of Easttown, what are you doing to me? I got to go get me some wah-wah. Some wah-wahs, get some water to wash my gullet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ew. both the Lady Killers 1955 and the Lady Killers 2004 make it onto the shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Jesus hey, you Christ. Really, you really, uh, yeah, just get back you to know watching what that right after we're I, done. It's because I was on episode two, and episode two had the scene that I drove through. It was mm-hmm. the gas station in the heart of Phoenixville on Bridge Street, and I, I drove through that. So I was just like, oh, this is where my brain's at right now. I'm proud of you, man. You're I'm, famous. I, I'm famous for having driven through there after yep. they were done and wrapping everything up. Uh, but yeah, so both those films being on the shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. That brings us to our plugs, finally. Thank mm-hmm. the Lord for this week. Uh, <laughs> uh, my plug, since it's my turn to go first, since it's my week. Jesus Christ, I'm going off the rails. Yeah, uh, It's going to be an entire YouTube channel called Geographics. It's uh, uh, essentially this guy. I don't even know his name. Does he have a name? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Simon Whistler. I feel like you're just dropping things. You, like your hands are completely filled, and you just keep dropping something. I got too much wawa. Too much wawa in my hands. I got a, I got a liter and a half of Deer Park water, and I need to wash down this hoagie. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Simon Whistler on the YouTube channel Geographics. He talks a lot about volcanoes and uh, ge- geographical things. Hence the name Geographics. Uh, I'm, I feel like he's got another channel as well. Uh, that's not just about geographical things, but this one specifically is about geographics. I was watching a lot of it today. Talks about volcanoes, earthquakes, etc. Uh, specifically, an episode on there is about Uluru, which is uh, that giant monolithic red rock mm-hmm. in Australia that I'm, I'm sure everyone has seen. You might not know the name. 
Uh, it's the the white people's name is Ayers Rock. Um, oh, that one. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. So he he talks about the history of that and how uh, how old it is, how it was formed, uh, and and stuff like that, and how the white people took it away, and then how the uh, Aboriginal tribes of Australia took it back. Good on them. Uh, legally took it back too. It wasn't like yeah. a, a fire. Like or anything. they just <laughs> ran up and stole it. <laughs> exactly. So it is. Uh, uh, the whole channel geographic has got some great stuff. Got a great one about Krakatoa. But my specific recommendation is for the episode called Uluru, which is U L U R U, Australia's mythic monolith, and that is going to be on YouTube on the Geographics YouTube channel. It's one of the most iconic sites in Australia, perhaps in the world. In the central desert, a vast sandstone monolith rises from an endless flat plain, its red walls changing colour with the shifting sunlight. Taller than the Eiffel Tower, older than the Himalayas, and covering more area than the entire nation of Monaco, it goes by the ancient name of Uluru. Today, it is one of the most sacred places in the entire world. All right, look, look at you, you did it. Mm-hmm. No more dropping things. Yeah, um, mine's gonna be a little bit different. I decided to jump into uh, after we watched the found. I jumped into like a like a nice little video explaining everything. I was like, you know what? I want to hear somebody talk about. It. I want to hear a review. But that has nothing to do with that at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I just kept going down the reviews and like hidden details like of these. Uh, different videos and different movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I came across Hereditary, which we always come back to. Hereditary is such a good movie. Hereditary is always around us. And I honestly, I feel like I might have plugged this one before because it seems familiar. If not, I don't give a, I don't give a toop. I don't even know what <laughs> toop means. But here we are. Here uh, we are. My video is insane hidden details in Hereditary that make it one of the creepiest horrors ever on Ooh. the channel. Heavy spoilers. Um, there's a lot of stuff that even if I did watch this, like it really was interesting to rewatch if I yeah. did. Um, there's a lot of like they go into like the details of like payment and like uh, the demon that they like was getting. I'm sorry if you didn't watch the movie. Uh, the like the demon that was kind of like uh, haunting or not haunting or whatever you want to. It was around for the movie, you know. <laughs> he yeah. was chilling, uh, so that was really cool to watch that. So that's gonna be my plug. Welcome to the Heavy Spoilers Show. I'm your host, Definition, and this episode we're breaking down Hereditary. It's a film that I've never actually covered before on the channel, but it's always been one that I revisited due to all of the things laid throughout it. There's an overall sense of dread and eeriness to the entire work, and the movie is laced with hidden details that really add to its creepiness. Throughout this video, we're going to be going through some of the scariest things in the film that you may have completely missed whilst watching it. There will be heavy spoilers here, so if you haven't had a chance to see the movie yet and don't want anything ruined, then I highly recommend that you turn off now. Cool. Those are our plugs for this week. That brings us to our assignment for next week. It is Glenjamin's turn. Mm-hmm. Glenjamin Button. Yes. What is our assignment for next week? Our assignment for this week. We This is one neither of us have watched. Uh, I honestly don't know too much about it. I saw it was on Amazon Prime. It was either this or something else. And the luck of the draw, I decided, <laughs> me specifically, nobody else decided <laughs> this. Uh, we're going to watch me if I wanted a one we've I've watched or one I haven't watched. <laughs> yeah, instead of asking on the podcast, I figured yes. I'd ask them off, off of the uh, recording. So we are going to watch The Way Back from 2010. It's PG-13 film. It's, uh, it's got... Uh, 
Dragus Bakur, uh, Colin Farrell, Ed Harris, Alexandru Podishin. I'm, I'm assuming that's how you say that. Uh, a Siberian gulag es- escapes uh, travel for... The, the way the synopsis is laid out hurts my brain. Uh, Siberian gulag escapes... Escapees. Escapees. People oh, who have I escaped. am blind. Escapees. People who have escaped. Now see, that makes so much more sense. Why yes. didn't I ever learn English? <laughs> travel 4,000 miles by foot to freedom in India. Ooh. Uh, that is directed by Peter Weir, uh, written by Slavomir uh, Riviks. <clears throat> the novel. Uh, and of course I said all the stars. So there we go. Sign the confession. And that's yes. going to be on Amazon Prime, I saw. Let me check to see if it's anywhere else, if for some reason you don't have Amazon Prime. Uh, fun fact about this. I have almost watched this mm-hmm. conservatively seven times. Yeah, same uh, for me. So. Three of which it was, was when it was in theaters. So. Okay, so we've got, uh, it's on Amazon Prime. Like I said, it says it's on Hulu, uh, premium subscription. I don't know what that means because Hulu's kind of like give in touch with where Amazon's you Amazon's like that too, it. where it's just like you gotta subscribe to more channels. Um, it's real dumb. But if you don't have either of those, you can get it on Tubi, which is free. So, yes. there you go. Yeah. I'm gonna just go on a little rant here for a second. Everyone was just like, oh, if we all cut cable, it's gonna be cheaper in the long run. But then all these motherfucking companies, mm-hmm. which I knew was gonna happen, created their own streaming service, so it ends up being even more expensive to be able to watch everything. Yep. Than it would be if you just pay for goddamn cable, you goddamn cheatscapes. Look what you and, did, society. And uh, and then and then on top of that, they're just like, hey, we also have this other catalog that you have to pay more for. Mm-hmm. But look at all these good things in the sexy, sexy catalog, Glenn. Oh, I'm watching. Sexy catalog. Oh. So uh, all you idiots who are just like, oh, let's cut cable. Oh, we oh, everything is going to be on Netflix and Hulu. It's like, fuck you, man. Yep. 
It's Fuck like, you. It's like getting a video game and you finding out everything is DLC. You are the reason that we have Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus, Paramount Plus, uh, HBO Max, uh, Amazon Prime, Hulu, uh, all these other stupid things. It's all your goddamn fault if you just have not cared about paying for cable. And also, when you cable companies charge like $30,000 for internet anyway and only add $10 more for get, to get cable, you goddamn idiots. Anyway, uh, so yeah. <laughs> The way back is our film for next week. Uh, it might be delayed a week because I'm going on vacation, but we will talk about it eventually. The way back on Amazon Prime. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website www.keystonefilmreview.com on Instagram, Keystone underscore film underscore review, Twitter, Keystone underscore film, Facebook, Keystone film review, YouTube, Keystone film review, and on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR and I am Glenn KFR, and that will do it until. N- next week or next episode where I talk more about how you goddamn idiots who cut the cable only pushed for further streaming services which end up being like $300 a month instead of $150 a month you goddamn lunatics and here you I am cutting it. the rope soiled it soiled it soiled it <laughs> Jesus <laughs> I don't have strong feelings about it though that's for sure bye <laughs>